Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rubber gloves have touched so much dirty stuff. And the only way to put on rubber gloves is to touch the rubber gloves. So then you take the dirty stuff that the rubber gloves are living with and then you put them on your fingers and then you stuff them into rubber and then you sweat and then it all goes into your skin so you're basically much worse off than if you use your mouth Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port Hello! Hello! How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm okay, yeah. How are you? Um, I'm all right. Let me just have a look at you. You're looking... Oh. You, know, you, you, don't, you look less pale than usually. Ooh, but, what's that? What, what are you doing? You know, I, oh you know, wow. I know your temperature's fine. That is not a thermometer. Yeah, it's, yeah. It looks like a laser hair removal thing. <laughs> it's really... <laughs> so everybody has been ill in our house for the past two weeks, really. So I bought this really snazzy digital thermometer... Um, which works from up to five centimetres away from your forehead. How does that work? I don't know. I don't, don't, but don't tell me. I'm not interested. It, but how does it work? You're 36.9, by the way. Okay, what are you? What are you? I hope That's I'm hotter. Right. I hope I'm hotter. Oh, you're hotter? Yes! Oh, <laughs> that means you're more ill than me. Neither of us are ill. Why is it that when when I take my temperature, I, I always do feel disappointed if I haven't got a temperature? I'm gutted that you're hotter than me. I mean, properly gutted. But it's bad to have a temperature. I know. It means you're ill. Yeah. But if, if I just take my temperature and it comes up normal or even a bit, you know, on the cool side, I'm like, mm. oh, God, that's rubbish. <laughs> Boring. I want a bit of excitement <laughs> when it starts flashing red. Yeah, everybody um, everybody has, has just been really ill in our house. Me, me uh, the least... Of all, which is surprising mm. because I'm ba- basically the canary in the coal mine of illness. If something's going round, I tend to get it first. Mm. But my my son was ill for about a week, and now Sarah has been so poorly. She's been in bed for days. Uh, she's she's had a temperature. She's been sweating. She's been delirious. And let me tell you something. Mm. I have been an amazing nurse. Good for you. Real sort of Florence Nightingale stuff. Give me some examples. What have you been doing? Going out and getting stuff? Going out and getting out saying, look, what can I get you? I want you to be making sure you drink lots of water. Oh, oh your water glass looks a bit empty. <gasps> Do you want me to get more? Do you want me to get ice in it? Look, I can go to the chemist and get whatever you want. Shall I get you a freshly squeezed juice? Is there anything you feel up to eating? Can I get you anything? Do you want to watch anything? You know, just wow. checking in on her constantly. And also I've got a very sympathetic thing that I say when someone Somebody's poorly. Yeah, which is. Oh, I know. Oh. I know. It's, it's not nice. Oh, that's really oh, soothing. I, I like it. I know. I know. It's not nice when you feel like this. Oh. I know. 
Oh, I know. Oh, it's really nice. Do you know why I'm being like this? Go on. Because she is so awful with me when I'm ill. No. She has not a sympathetic bone in her body. She's an amazing wife in so many ways. Yeah. But she doesn't have a, 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 an iota of the caregiver to her. So what I'm trying to do uh, is model good behaviour. Right. About how you should treat somebody when they're poorly. I can't wait for you to test this out when you do get ill. See if it's worked. Because <laughs> here's, here's what I get. I get like... Some, some the bare minimum of fake sympathy mm. and then just under the surface and she doesn't do anything to conceal this mm. there's just this bubbling resentment that I'm not as available as I ought to be to help with childcare right yeah yeah but, but that's not how I've been saintly oh. I have been saintly this week I, I don't understand people who don't like a fuss when they're ill yeah I know it's nice having a fuss isn't it nice it's, being yeah, looked yeah, after yeah just, just yeah. Make, a bit, make a bit of a fuss yeah T- touch me on the forehead. Oh. Like you don't even need to use one of these digital thermometers. Yeah. Just just put your hand on my head and say, oh, it's not. I know. Bring me tidbits. Oh, I know. It's not nice. <laughs> yeah. Can I get you a magazine? Oh, yeah. Want to read to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so nice. Read to me. Oh, Just some LucasAid. Oh. Tin of Heinz tomato oh. soup. Do you want me to sponge you? You should be a nurse. I know, I'd be good. Yeah, yeah, I'm quite squeamish though, aren't Uh, I? Yeah, you're terrible. You can't do injections. No, there there is that. Mm. When when I'm ill, what I really, really want to just be sort of lying there in my bed and somebody doing all that for me and every now and again go, oh, oh God, you, oh dear, oh dear, you poor thing. (laughs) I just, uh, physical symptoms aside, I just Mm. love being ill. You enjoy it, do you? Yeah, just like enjoy the lack of responsibility. <laughs> just the fact that you have to just lie there. Yeah. It's the yeah, best thing yeah, to do yeah. is lie there. All the weight that is on your shoulders is temporarily suspended because <laughs> oh. you can't do anything when you're ill. Yeah, so it's quite attractive. I would really like to wear um, a wee willy winky nightshirt when I'm ill as well. Oh, I should get one can you with a get, nightcap. Can you still get them? Of course you can. I also like, I don't even care if it's a real doctor. I would just like somebody with a stethoscope mm. to come and look at me and say, oh, oh no, it's not nice. <laughs> I don't think doctors normally say that. And a priest, I'd like a priest as well, <laughs> mumbling rites. something in Latin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not religious, but um, so that's uh, that's how my week has been. You you went to a Sunday wedding yesterday. Yeah, I went to a Jewish wedding yesterday. Yeah, how was that? I loved it. It was great. It was lots of dancing. Did that thing where you dance around in circles, and then they then they get the bride and the groom on a chair, and it looks pre- precarious. Is that, and... is that one the Hava Nagila? Um, something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I get a lot of anxiety with all people going round and some other people going counterclockwise. It's chaotic. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the wild look in their eyes. Yes. I, I don't enjoy that so much. But uh, I like I'm glad that. you had a nice time. Mm. I, also, I, I like the, uh, the, I mean, I guess it's a Jewish faith thing, but having a wedding on a Sunday is a good thing. And why do you like that? Because it only eats into your weekend. And if you are a drinker, which of course I'm not anymore, but mm. if you are, then you're just hung over on a work day. Right. Not ruining one of your weekend days with a hangover. The worst people are the weekday or Friday (laughs) wedding people. people. They are the worst people. I'm sorry. Because they they force other people into taking a day off work. Just so So, they can get it cheaper. Yeah, yeah. So you're losing a day of your annual leave, or if you're freelance, maybe like a a day's wages to Mm. go to somebody else's wedding, Mm. which also you probably have to pay for a present. Mm. And oftentimes you have to pay for a hotel room as well. Yeah. And and you lose a day's work. And I think the mentality of people throwing these weddings, these narcissists... <laughs> wow, it's harsh words. What should is, I agree? Oh, but they'll be having a great time at my wedding. But, oh. you know, I'm not saying that nobody wants to come to your wedding. <laughs> 
I'm not saying that. Your parents probably do. <laughs> maybe maybe you've got the odd friend who enjoys weddings, mm. but a lot of people just sort of resent having to go in the first place no. and spend all that money <laughs> and take a day off. So I'm basically saying more people should convert to Judaism and or any faith that advocates the Sunday wedding. Okay, well, I'll agree with that. Welcome to the main module of the show with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a program called Adrift. Can you get with it yet? We would love to hear from you. Email us. Let us know your story of some terrible interaction you've had or something that gives you pangs of anxiety years later. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jamie Davis has done that and it's on the subject of awful small talk. At a birthday party, I somehow ended up next to a woman. And after the obligatory, so how do you know Leslie? And what do you do for a living? Questions. There was a very awkward silence for about 10 seconds before I blurted out, I bought some scissors that can apparently cut through tin cans. (laughs) Even though I clearly picked up the tone of her, oh right, response. I continued talking about (laughs) these scissors for about 15 minutes. (laughs) Listing different materials that these scissors could easily cut through. They were to make light work of cutting through the atmosphere, but she eventually excused herself and walked towards the bar. I saw her again the following year at the same mutual friend's birthday party. And when the birthday girl reminded her, oh, you met Jamie last year, she replied with, ah, yes, and made a scissor cutting motion with her fingers. (laughs) She avoided me for the entire evening. I still have both the brilliant scissors and the excruciating shame of that memory. Oh, that's just wonderful. The only way that second interaction could have gone worse is if she hadn't done that and you'd have gone, I've still got those scissors (laughs) and she's got no recollection at all of what you're talking about. I think the only person at fault there is that woman. I would happily listen for 15 minutes about you talking about the, the, what about the, I want these scissors. This is interesting to me. (laughs) Maybe we could get sponsored by them. Oh, that'd be amazing. I've got to find out more. Yeah. Okay, and this is from Sam, who says, Today, whilst out and about listening to episode 36, I was stopped dead in my tracks and went pale as Annabelle told her story about hairdressers. It brought back an extremely vivid and very repressed flashback to an awful memory that I had long since buried and forgotten, but now I cannot shake from my head and I'm cringing at just writing this. Growing up as a child of the 80s, we never went to a hairdresser's. That's not to say we were an Adams family, cousin it styled family, but a nice lady, my mum's friend Norma, used to come to our house and cut our hair instead. As our family house wasn't hugely spacious, this meant dragging out one of the cheap white plastic garden chairs through to the kitchen sink so that Norma could wash our hair and then let the cutting begin. Now, these plastic chairs were quite low and our kitchen service and sink quite high. So in practice, what this meant was that the next one to have their hair cut knelt on the plastic chair and knelt forward, leant forward over the kitchen sink, allowing Norma to wash our hair using an old margarine container. Oh, the 80s-ness of it. With intermittently freezing cold, then scalp-burningly hot water. It was a little undignified having your bum in the air in the kitchen and head dunked into the sink, but we were at home and this is what we we always did. Growing older and not being your typical girly girl, I had no real interest in fashion, hair, shoes or anything like that. 
In the 90s, when teenage friends reveled in the occasional exciting outings to Tony and Guy to get their hair cut, which was the new thing for our small town, given that I had no interest and was already on my way to becoming a fully unfunctional, socially awkward adult, the idea of the small talk in the hairdressers already filled me with dread. So I soldiered on and and continued to let Norma cut my hair at home. This even continued when I started university. I always coincided visits home with a sneaky, quick and familiar haircut back in the kitchen sink of the house I grew up in with Norma still very much bum in the air in order to wash my hair first. As comfortable as this practice was, I knew it couldn't last forever. When I moved to Paris for my placement year of uni, Cousin It was threatening to come out in full force after several months away. I worked at a company where they called me a stagiaire, which officially translates as trainee, but the joke in my office was that it actually meant slave. Earning less than €7,000 for the year and living in Paris was a challenge, but one we embraced to the fullest. But this meant a trip back to the UK just to see Norma was out of the financial question. So I bit the bullet and after much procrastination, I found the venue for my first ever visit to a hairdresser at the grand old age of 20. I found one that wasn't too expensive, didn't look too trendy or pretentious. I arrived for my appointment. Not wanting to be late, I got there with 45 minutes to spare and much walking around the block ensued. During which time, I worked myself into a mild panic. How do I ask for a haircut? In French, a language with which I've only had an intermediate grasp at best. I don't even fully know hairdressing terms in English, so what are they in French? How would I know what to ask for? What if they misunderstood and cut it all off? Or gave me a perm? Or dyed it some abnormal colour, which would bring out very unwanted attention to shy and retiring me? And then there is the god-awful small talk again in French. How is I going to cope? And why had I decided to do this to myself? As I walked in, in a bit of a fluster, the young, skinny, quite glamorous lady showed me to a chair and talked to me through a mirror. I guessed that she was asking me what I wanted doing. Patro co, I proclaimed loudly in my best French accent. She smiled and waited as if expecting a little more detail than not too short. But when none was forthcoming, she gave me the gowny thing and asked me, probably because I was nervously sweating due to this encounter, if I wanted some low water. Yes, I knew that one. And yes, I would like some. Thank you very much. She ushered me over to the sink hair washing area and she went to get me a glass of water. Riding the crest of this little French interactive wave of victory, I made my way over to the sinks, mentally high-fiving myself. As mentioned before, this was to be my first ever experience away from a home haircut with Norma. So, I walked up to the chair, proceeded to kneel on it, bum in the air and head towards the sink, just as I'd done all those times before. I heard her approach with my water and then stop behind me. I looked over my shoulder to be met with a look of sheer horror. (laughs) Suddenly my brain began to fire and I realised what I'd done. Looking back now, I find it inexplicable (laughs) that I did not think to sit in the seat, but rather to kneel on it and thrust my British bottom proudly in the air. I mean, the head and neck rest, the arm rest, any TV clip ever showing a salon scene. Why hadn't I worked it out? What was I thinking? I was mortified and could not think of a way way to style this one out bright red, I simply turned around, sat meekly down and sputtered out, Longley, with a contorted (laughs) laugh to try and brush it off with a British eccentricness. The rest of the haircut passed in crushing silence in the otherwise empty salon. When paying, I did not wait for change, despite my precarious financial position, and I never returned within a mile radius of that salon for the remaining time in Paris. Haircuts to this day, almost 20 years on, still make me squirm. Perhaps looking back, this is why. 
She also adds, if possible, please say a big hello to my partner, Kim, and our beautiful little Sophia. I hope I don't pass my awkwardness on to you, but fear your chance of this may be slim to none. Oh, that's so wonderful. There's something about the way she described herself climbing into the the chair that reminded me of, you know, like on nature documentaries when animals present for reproduction Oh, purposes. yes, yes, yes. Present. <laughs> that's a nice word. Uh, I mean, that's probably a topic in itself. Like, how did your family life how did your home mm. life ill prepare you for society oh that's a great one yeah 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 that's brilliant i'm sure there'll be loads on that uh so thank you uh, thank you for that that was b- b- both those were great um email us hello at adriftpodcast.com jeff lloyd and annabelle port hi it's a show and it's also a demeanor annabelle emily port yes You've uh, you brought with you a story, yeah. as is your want. Yes. Uh, what's it about this week? Well, this is the 41st episode, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I've waited out the first 40 episodes before getting to this story. There's been stuff about parking, mm-hmm. pets, tennis, singing. But it's taken until the 41st episode before I've got to something unsavoury. Oh. Until I've got to something that I preface with, you might not want to listen to this while eating. Oh. Yeah. So... We're going back to Saturday, the 26th of November, 2011. So nearly seven years ago. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I've actually told very few people this story. So few that I haven't actually even told my own boyfriend this story before. He's never heard it. Really? But this is a safe space, right? It is a safe space. (laughs) Maybe you'll hear it on the podcast. And he's in quite deep at this point as well. You've got a child together and a dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a Saturday night. And I was out for a friend's birthday with my husband, now my ex-husband. Not my ex because of what happened next, although it could very possibly have played a small part. (laughs) A friend was having dinner at a place in Camden. And I don't remember a huge amount about this part of the evening. Not because I was drunk, but because it very much paled into insignificance. The only relevant bit is that I ate a vegetarian burrito. I also had maybe a couple of drinks and we left, I don't know, about 10, half 10, something like that. My memories start to sharpen now. So we leave and we walk to the tube. Now, to get home, we need to take two different tubes. It's going to take about an hour. And as we leave and we're walking to the tube, I'm not feeling great. I feel a bit sick, a bit weird. But I, I felt worse on a Saturday night. It's when we're on the second tube, this feeling very much intensifies. And I feel very, very ill and also very, very strange. Oh. I feel faint and I'm going hot and cold. I'm having to stand up as it's a busy Saturday night going home too. And it gets to the stage where I feel like I can't do this any longer. We've reached Mile End Tube Station. So we're a good three quarters of the way into the journey. And I tell my then husband that I need to get off. And there's something in my face that means, despite him questioning pretty much everything I've ever said ever, he doesn't question this. <laughs> so we get off and we're on the platform. And it's a busy platform. So you've got the central line on one side and the district and Hammersmith and City line on the other. And just to remind you once again, this is a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And I've never felt more like my body would like to expel all of its contents. And I'm very sorry to say, I don't mean out of my mouth. All I know now, and it's the only thing I know, every tiny bit of knowledge my brain has absorbed in my 36 years (laughs) up to this point is entirely gone. My brain only has one piece of information, and that is, I cannot do the expellation on this platform. (laughs) So I'm staggering towards the exit. And because it's a cruel, cruel world, this involves stairs. (laughs) And I'm not really able to speak at this point, but my then husband is starting to ask questions about where I'm going and why. But I do manage to gasp the words. And I'm sorry, this this involves a bad word. I say, I'm going to shit myself. (laughs) 
Now, he is understandably horrified. But to his credit, he follows me as I somehow get up the stairs and out of the station. And the fact that I managed to get out my Oyster card and tap out of the barriers <laughs> leads me to wonder why I haven't since then been awarded a Pride of Britain Award or the Victoria Cross. <laughs> We're outside the station now, but for anyone who knows Mile End Station, they will know it's on a very, very busy main road in the heart of East London. I have to get off this main road and I managed to get around a corner where there's an estate, but it's a much quieter street. So I go as far down this quieter street as I can manage before I say the words that I would not like written on my gravestone, (laughs) which are, it's coming out. So skip forwards a few seconds. I'm now crouched down in an East Sunderland street doing what needs to be done and thinking, well, at least my life can't get any worse ever again. (laughs) And then it does as I hear what seems to be, but please can't be, a group of people coming down the street. And I take the briefest of glances up and it's a group of teenage boys coming towards me. My glance also takes in my then husband who is standing a few metres away and who has also seen this group of teenage boys and has a look of sheer horror and helplessness in his eyes. There's nothing I can do. My body just continues to expel as these boys walk past. And I honestly think that I wanted to disappear so badly that through sheer will, my body did actually physically shrink by at least 5%. If I'd measured myself before and after, I think by sheer will, I got smaller. I could certainly feel my brain actually shrivel as it couldn't handle the situation any longer. These teenage boys, though, who were walking and shouting and laughing amongst themselves as they entered the street, as they walked past me, completely silent they did not say a word i horrified them it was too somber an occasion even for a teenage boy to make fun of not a peep out of them (laughs) i won't go into too many details about what happened next there was a hanky involved we got back on the tube i threw up outside the station we got a taxi home and i never really spoke of it ever again until Until now now. (laughs) were you over a grid I wasn't. I wasn't over a grid. <laughs> so did somebody have to clean that up? That I wasn't. Did, I did my best. I did my best, and my best was one percent. Oh, Annabelle! I mean, it was you were in a terrible situation. It was horrific. Oh, my I couldn't God. go back. You think you think I should have gone back the next day? I couldn't. You know, you could have gone to a shop and got a carrier bag or something. There was no shops open. Okay. 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 <laughs> You could have found an empty crisp packet oh. in a bin. I, I, as I said, I did my best. Oh I my did god! My, no, I did sorry, my best. I don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, you, you've suffered enough. You don't need I, to be. I did my best. Like I did. I did my best. Thank okay. you for sharing that. Okay. I, I know that some people won't like it. I'd but, say I'm sorry, but it's it's. I, I genuinely think it's like you know some people can roll their tongues and other people can't. Mm. It's just one of those things. Either you find bodily functions as funny as anything mm. or you just have no sense of humor about it at all and that's just people fall into one of the two camps i don't think it's 50 50 either i think more people find it funny than don't okay. but if you don't find it funny you can't understand why anybody would be laughing at that or telling that story <laughs> honestly i mean i could just listen to a podcast which was just those stories <laughs> Right, yeah. A daily podcast. A, a podcast that was released <laughs> once in the morning and once in the afternoon every day. Forever. Right, yeah. I'd like to stop doing other things in my, <laughs> in my life. I'd stop spending time with my family <laughs> or pursuing my interests right. just to listen to those stories. That would be your interest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, thank, thank you mm. for that. Okay. We could, um, we still haven't arranged the coach trip, have we? 
We could. That's where we could go on the listener coach trip. That could be our meeting point. Yeah. Please join me in this bubble that has been forever locked in the glass by the blower. It's it's their breath. It's horrible. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Well, after the bravery involved in telling that story, Annabelle, you should at least get to do a little plug for your book. Oh, that'd be nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I, des- I deserve that. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't got my book yet, Annabelle versus the Internet, it is still very much available. You can get it on the Internet. Just type it into the Internet. You buy it off that. I might be able to go into a bookshop. I have to say, you know that thing that people always do when they have a book published and they go into a bookshop and they look at their book and then they move it like to the front and it's really exciting and they take a photograph. I've been to three bookshops now and I still haven't seen it. And didn't your mum go into the local bookshop in Southend and try and do a bit of hustle, <laughs> hustle for they, you there? They didn't have it. Yeah, they didn't have it there. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Hartley I'd like to it. say it's yeah. on all good bookshops, but I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe it got sold out. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe it's just in bad bookshops, yeah. those mediocre ones. Yeah, yeah. But I noticed on social media that people are tweeting you uh, photographs of, of, of your book in exotic locations. Yes, I love that. Yes, in fact, I had one uh, this week in Amsterdam, so I'll put that up this week. Yes, no, it's very exciting. So Annabelle versus the internet, available now. Um, I'll tell you, I haven't seen it. This is just a really clunky segue. Right. In the um, in the little shop across from my house, Five Sapphires, the newsagents. Well, they don't They don't stop my book. No, I mean, they sell, they sell some periodicals, you know, magazines and like the Radio Times and a few newspapers, Ooh, but not, not your book, sadly. Oh, sorry, what's it called again? Five it's called Sapphires. Five Sapphires. It's very, like, elegant. It's really name. weird. It's really weird. <laughs> I mean, it is, no disrespect to it, it is the most bog-standard corner shop you can right. imagine, and it's called Five Sapphires. It sounds beautiful. I know. Mm. And I, I just think... Um, it's just an odd thing that I know that it's called that because I notice what little shops are called. Uh, I think most people would just call it the corner shop or the yeah, newsagent. Yeah, yeah. So in our house, I'll often be saying, I'm just popping across to Five Sapphires to get some milk. Mm-hmm. But I think like you could probably do a survey of everyone who lives on our street. I don't know that anybody else would be able to identify it as Five Sapphires. Well, that's nice that you notice. I just love the weird little names that people call their businesses. I'm not talking about clever names or puns or plays mm. on words or any of that stuff. Just like there must be a reason that somebody called their news agent five sapphires yeah yeah but you know what is it it's so so odd um anyway the reason i mentioned five sapphires is i was in there the other day oh yeah and i've noticed this before but i think it's getting to serious proportions now the guy behind the till there is playing very fast and loose with the old multi-pack not to be sold separately rules whoa really cans of pop baked beans whoa i mean what should i do what should you do i mean i suppose on one hand he is just a local business owner trying to make ends meet breaking up those multi-pack packs and selling them at vastly inflated prices Mm -hmm. just you know just to you know keep food on the table yeah yeah but uh, these rules do exist for a reason don't they they do do you think i should say something I should say, listen. <laughs> Come on, no, give me an example of what you would actually say, and then then I can decide. <laughs> I'd say, uh, "Hi, how are you?" He said, "I'm fine, thanks." Listen, I've been meaning to say, like, <laughs> we're, we're all just trying to get by in life, but I've noticed you've been flaunting the uh, uh, the 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 multi pack rules for some time now, and get get your house in order. <laughs> Or 
I might be having have a word with. I mean, I don't even know which regulatory body covers the um, mm. multi-pack not to be sold separately rules. You have to look it up. I also think he was trying to pass off a fun-sized Milky Way as a regular one. No, we, <laughs> no. <laughs> like some of the some of the chocolate bars in there look look very oddly sized to me. How is he doing that? Like shrinking his hand to make it look bigger? What do you mean? No, I mean like sort of opening up a packet of fun-sized oh. multi Milky Ways and then putting them out as if uh, oh. on the chocolate rack, no. as if they're just regular milk. Ways no. in charging that price for them. No. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, my small toy, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, is extremely poor. It's at its worst with that um, guy in the shop. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe if I got them shut down, <laughs> <laughs> that would solve that problem, yeah. wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got in trouble. There's, there's a little cafe called Esther's, which is really lovely, um, but they've been refurbishing. Oh, yeah. And Honest to God, I've been so excited about this refurbishment. Oh, okay. Because like, if there's anything going on in your street or your mm. neighbourhood, you get to a certain age mm, yeah. and you just like become weirdly curious about I it. Totally agree. When people are putting their bins out, <laughs> when they shouldn't, you know, if there's a new business opening. Oh, <laughs> so exciting. Remember at the last place we lived, there was a little patisserie that never had people in it. And I can't think of an uh, occasion when I wouldn't arrive home and say to my now wife, well, there's no one in the patisserie again. I mean, how long that place is going to stay open, I don't know. And then when it eventually closed down, I felt so vindicated. Mm. So anyway, all of this is to say this. They've been doing refurbishment in Esther's Cafe across the road. Um, but I've been um, I've been so intrigued by it. But they've put those things up in the window that people sometimes do when they're having building or renovation work done so you can't peer in. Oh, so there's a big reveal. Yeah. yeah. So anyway... Um, the, the the night before they finished doing their renovations, I'd been across to Five Sapphires to get some milk. Yeah. And I just noticed a corner of this uh, stuff that's covering the window is is slightly off now. And you could, you, <gasps> so I went on the ground, like I squatted down no, on the ground. No, no. And put my face up against the window to <laughs> no peer in. Shame. And the young woman who runs the cafe was right on the other side. And she went, Jeff. No. Yeah, and I felt awful. I felt awful. I mean, if I'd been drilling a peephole in a fence at a nudist camp, I think it (laughs) wouldn't have felt as bad as I did. Wow. It was just terrible. And, you know, I I only had to wait till the next day as well. (laughs) I knew when it was reopening. Couldn't help yourself. I was the first customer. You were? Yeah, went out and queued up 10 minutes before they opened. (laughs) There was a queue. It wasn't the only one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, I've gotten quite sidetracked. I can't really remember why I was talking all that. But mm. uh, Annabelle's book mm. and, of course, Patreon, if you want to support us on Patreon. <laughs> I mean, now is that anything to do? <laughs> Was it? Let me just try and uh, try and frame it in a way that segues us back out of it. Okay, go on. So if, if you would like to, uh, if you'd like to put, if you'd like to help me out to be able to maybe buy the odd coffee, cu- cup of coffee from my local refurbished cafe mm. or the odd fun-sized Milky Way, <laughs> For full price size. Full price size yeah. from Five Sapphires. It would really help if you uh, supported us on Patreon. Uh, just a, a couple of American dollars a month, if you can spare it, comes in very handy. If you enjoy this podcast, then please just spare us a little bit of money every now and again. That's how we uh, keep it keep it going. Yep. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com stroke adrift. Do you think I got away with that? I mean, that was all... That wasn't a coherent section of podcast. Oh, seamless. Excuse me. Do you have any wood? Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Ooh, 
I'm in this dream. All right, on to the incident. Um, I'll try and keep this brief because I know all that stuff about my local shop went on for ages and I don't really know why. Um, so I know this guy. He's basically the ex-boyfriend of a friend. Okay. And we are friends on Facebook. He lives in Hong Kong. Okay. And I see from Facebook that he's been involved in some kind of TEDx event over the weekend. If you don't want, want, know what one of those are, it's like TED Talks, but basically anybody can organise them and get a programme of speakers together and use the TEDx label. Mm-hmm. And he's been hosting this, which I think is a wonderful thing. And no wonder he's been posting about it on social media. He wants his friends to know that he's been taking part in this magnificent thing. So I've seen a bit of this over the weekend. On Sunday morning, uh, he posts a picture Yet another picture. And it's a microphone set up on stage. Mm. And then in front of the microphone is like a lectern with some notes on it. And then beyond uh, the microphone and the lectern in the foreground, you can see in the the background uh, is an audience. Right. So I noticed no one's commented on it. Mm -hmm. So I comment on it. Yeah. All right. Oh, a lot of karaoke places these days have screens with the words on them. <laughs> okay, yeah. Which, you know, it's a silly joke, right? And? Two minutes later, yeah. somebody whose name I don't recognise, a woman whose name I don't recognise, posts underneath mine yeah. with an emoji yeah. of a, like a face rolling its eyes. What are you? Well, that's what I think it must be. I think no. I made this quip. She thinks, well... You know, he's he's trying to belittle the TEDx talk. Oh, no. Yes. So I'm feeling really slighted at this point. Yeah. I'm going to Sarah. Somebody's put an em- a sarcastic emoji underneath one of my quips on Facebook. And she looks at it and she says, well, it's not a reply to your quip. Uh, but it is underneath it. I yeah. think it was. I think, mm. you know, at best it was passive aggressive. Mm. So I'm fuming about this. Mm, yeah. And then somebody else likes her emoji no, of the rolling eyes. no. So I'm thinking not only has somebody done a sarcastic emoji about my <gasps> joke, somebody else is agreeing yeah. with the sarcasm. So I'm quite livid about this and I'm ranting to Sarah. Anyway, the day goes on and I go to have a look look at it to see if anybody's liked my comment. Oh, and they haven't. Right. But the guy whose original post it was yeah. has liked the rolling eyes emoji. But not your one. But not my one. This is... A slight. Well, is it? I find oh. out in this week's The Incident. <laughs> Helen Monks is an actor, comedian and writer. More importantly, she's a young person who knows all about emoji. Yes, that's exactly the right response. You think that's the right response? <laughs> that is the correct response to a terrible joke. Don't you think it's a very hostile thing to do to a to a stranger? Um, the thing is, though, Facebook isn't. It's like it's like you're at a theatre, you're on the stage, and and everybody looking at your comment is an audience member. And if you make a joke, if you'd have got a like or a laughing face, you wouldn't have been wouldn't have felt like it was the wrong thing for a stranger to comment. You'd have been really delighted that a stranger had commented. So you can't then. Be annoyed when a stranger comments with an eye roll. So you think I exposed myself, really? It's my, I brought it on myself. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't like to victim blame in that way, but yes, you absolutely <laughs> did. Because I think also, 
you know, when I, I, maybe this is a sign of how bad I am at stand-up, but whenever I've done stand-up, if you tell a joke, that kind of reaction of the audience where they go, oh, you know that? Yes. So that is what the eye roll is. So but then then somebody else another stranger liked the eye roll what another stranger liked the eye roll they didn't like my joke but they they then went on the eye roll and liked it so there's an alliance of strangers approving of this emoji that's really mean that's really mean Mm. at least do your own eye roll (laughs) what you need to do is you need to go on to his profile and you need to comment on everything he's ever said with the emoji of an eye roll that is how you get revenge (laughs) do you you think the eye roll i mean is in on the scale of friendly to hostile where where would you put the eye roll as an emoji (laughs) i'm so touched at what you've done here is you've called up your youngest friend exactly exactly (laughs) (laughs) um i would say what I think what I think is actually a bit weird about it is underneath the comment, you can react in a multitude of ways. Mm. So there's a like, there's a crying face, there's a angry face, there's a, there's a laughing face. And he's felt like none of those faces fully describe how he felt about your joke. He's had to end with his own emoji. Yes. So I think you should absolutely that that's what's insulting. It's not the actual emoji, it's the fact that he went to such length to describe how your joke had made him feel. I think that's. <laughs> I think you should be deeply, deeply offended. Is there an emoji that should never be used except in extreme circumstances? Oh, God, that's tricky. I think the aubergine, <laughs> because the aubergine, yeah, it's like a clown's face, which you project onto, whatever, whatever you think that it means. Mm. An emoji could mean anything. It could mean, I love you, I hate you. Um, it's... You can see why someone just replies with an aubergine. You don't quite know where you stand. Right. Also, the poo, the poo. Have you seen the poo emoji? Oh, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, that should not be deployed is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, when it was originally created, uh, that was it. It was chocolate ice cream. That that can't be true. That must be an urban myth. You need to Google it. What I think is weird if it is true is why is there no vanilla ice cream or strawberry ice cream? Why only chocolate ice cream? Yeah, I, th- I think I think we've blown this word urban myth <laughs> wide open here. Have you, uh, have you seen the emoji movie? No, would you recommend it? Uh, it is, yes, absolutely, because it's the worst film ever made in the whole history of time. You have to watch it. Um, but guess who does the voice of the two? Who? I might have got this wrong, but I think it's Ian McKellen. Hang on, we we need to be sure. I'll just uh, I'll just Google this. Hang on a second. It was Patrick Stewart. Oh God, it was Patrick Stewart. Is that worse? Is that better? Uh, it... I love Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I think he did what you did. He called his youngest friend and he said, "Is this a good thing for me to do?" And they said, "Who is the best one?" <laughs> yeah, and and you know, you'd you'd have thought the Star Trek money does conventions, presumably selling his autograph and having his photo taken with fans. Surely, he doesn't need to be playing. I mean, <laughs> maybe this thing is going to be hailed as a classic in fifty years' time, though. Do you know, you know, sometimes they actors do this thing where they do all those roles that are really high profile and get them loads of money, and then they do their little sort of fringe things because they really believe in them. A passion Maybe project. Yeah, a passion project. <laughs> Maybe he just really believes in telling the story of the poo. <laughs> but you wouldn't recommend that I use the poo stroke chocolate ice cream uh, as, an, you... as an act of revenge on the Facebook No, poster. the poo slash chocolate ice cream emoji is definitely a friendly emoji. Okay. So, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that unless you want to 
like make peace with this person. Maybe that's the thing to do. Maybe rise above it with a poo emoji. Like Michelle Obama, when when they go low, we go high. <laughs> that's it. That's absolutely it. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, happy birthday for all of you who aren't listening, and those of you who are, you're in on the joke. Great, good work. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Thank you. I had to go out last night in, in a little bit of an emergency. It wasn't medical, There's a, a situation arose that I needed to go and attend to, and I, I, I won't go into it now, it's quite boring, but everything's fine, basically. Mm. Mm. Uh, but the problem was, Sarah was away working, even though she's ill, she is a brave little soldier, she was away working in Ireland, and my two-year-old son was asleep in his bedroom. Now, it's, it's frowned upon to leave an unattended child in the house for a number of hours. It is, yeah. I don't even like doing it when I pop across the five sapphires. <laughs> right, right. Um, which is another reason really why the, the bad small talk is a good thing. I never get caught there very long if I do have to run across for milk or whatever. Anyway, um, so so I'm in a panic. I have to go out and, and deal with this thing. The baby's sleeping upstairs. So I start thinking, is there anybody who lives nearby? And I remember my friend Emily who lives about 20 minutes away, I think, well, maybe she would be free. So I call her and say, what are you doing? She says, I'm just looking at um, pictures of Axel Rose on the internet. <laughs> I say, would you mind if I, if I got you an Uber here and um, you know, gave you as much as you can eat or drink, then would you mind just coming and sitting in my house for a few hours while I go out and do this thing? Mm. She says, no, it's fine. She's a very good person. It's a very mm. kind thing of her to do. She gets here. She doesn't even want food and drink. She just wants the Wi-Fi password. Right. I go out, um, and as I say, this this thing takes a couple of hours to, to sort out. About an hour into being out, I get an email from Emily saying, um, oh, is it okay if Jesus comes around with a takeaway? Right, yeah. Now, I should point out at this stage that her boyfriend is called Jesus. Mm-hmm. He is, I, th- I think, Latin American. I should know that. But, um, but here's my point. We don't go around adjusting the way we say different names according to which country people are from, do we? Yeah, because well, he would say Jesus, wouldn't he? Jesus, yeah. yeah. yeah but but we, you don't talk about Jesus and Mary in the Nativity story, so why should you, yeah, yeah. Why should you do it Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I will continue to call him Jesus. Right. Also, I just get a lot of pleasure out of using Jesus in sen- sentences like, exactly. is it okay if Jesus pops around with a takeaway? Yeah, yeah of course. So I say, sure. Yeah. Uh, I get back and I open my front door and I can see through into the kitchen that uh, Emily is sitting in the kitchen with Jesus and Jesus is, has got a lovely spread in front of him. He's got like takeaway boxes all in front of him. And um, I go into the kitchen, I introduce myself because I... I I'd not met Jesus before. Ah, okay. This was my first time yeah. meeting Jesus. So I shook Jesus's hand. Okay, right, yeah. And um, it seems very nice. Until I noticed that Jesus is like a really messy eater. Oh. And Jesus eats like a pig. No. Yeah. Je- Jesus, Jesus is very sloppy with his food. Right. So Jesus has ordered a prawn boona. Yeah. And... Um, 
he's sitting there eating it, but as he's spooning food onto his plate, like it's dribbling all over the table. Oh. He's got food on his face. At one stage, he notices he's got a bit of food on the table, and he just gets the brown paper bag um, that Jesus's poppadoms have, have come in, yeah. and he just like has a little scrub at it. But I mean, the oh, brown Jesus. paper bag, Jesus, right? Yeah. I mean, come on, Jesus. That's very staining that sauce. Well, this is the thing. You've got a white table. I've got a white table, yeah. and. Basically, because Jesus eats like an animal, <laughs> my table is now covered in turmeric stains. Oh, no. How yeah, stained it's, it? It's like Jesus took a yellow highlighter pen and just scribbled all over no. my table. So here's, here's the thing, though. You know, Emily was doing me a massive favour and I'm so yeah, grateful to her. Yeah, yeah. And it was my first time meeting Jesus. I mean, what am I going to say? Jesus, you're a slob. <laughs> I can't say that to no, Jesus. not on a first meeting. No. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. What, what, do you, what, what are the options? Well, my table, I, I was looking at it before you got here today, in, mm. in the light of day, because it was obviously night time, yeah. in the light of day, Jesus has made such a mess of my kitchen table. Oh, I'm sorry. Do I say anything? What, get him to come and clean it? No, I mean, do I say to her, we need to have a word about Jesus? <laughs> yeah, and his eating habits. I, I you want me, you want me to answer this? Yeah, I, I would say no, <laughs> no. I really I wouldn't mention it. Does Jesus listen to the podcast? I don't know. Jesus, are you listening? <laughs> Jesus, are you there? Oh. I mean, I don't want to cause a rift between me and Jesus. <laughs> I don't want there to be bad blood between me and Jesus. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, would you be telling this story if the, this man wasn't called Jesus? <laughs> just okay. No, just checking. No. Just checking. <laughs> stop thinking your mind begins to start loving adrift with jeff lloyd and annabelle ports oh touch it touch it it's time for quandary corner at the glap clinic in problematic the rules school i seem to remember there was another one i did in recently Andrew Corner, Black Clinic, Problematic, Rules. No. Can't remember. Okay, well, let's let's crack on. Who's who's this from? Well, firstly, there's one from Plue who says, you mentioned in the Glatt Clinic that you always want your tipping acknowledged. You might change your mind if you put a couple of bucks in the tip chart at Coldstone Creamery here in California and have the entire staff gather to sing a thank you song. Mortifying. Oh, yeah, awful, awful. Yeah. I mean, I, that... I did wonder if you might like that. <laughs> no, because yeah, I hate having happy birthday song to me, yeah, don't I? So yeah, yeah. Anything, there's, there's too much attention. Yeah, and that's, that is really mortifying. What I just, just want is some humbling acknowledgement. Mm, humbling, yeah. <laughs> humbling is the word. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, that makes me think, God, you know, I am a great person who, who does think about these tips making a difference to people's lives. <laughs> Yeah, gratitude. Just, want, just like, just quiet gratitude. There you go. Yeah. In a small, still voice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so the first one is from Jacqueline, and this is on the subject of gift giving. Here's my problem. I'm from Canada, but live in England. I have one child, and my sister, who lives in Western Canada, has three. Recently, she contacted me rather upset because I've only contacted one out of three of her children for their birthdays this year. They're all under 10. Though she didn't mention it, I also didn't send gifts due to the cost of postage. I was going to bring gifts for all three of them this summer when we're all at my parents in Canada, though I may have neglected to mention this plan to her. She acknowledged my son's birthday with a FaceTime call and a lovely gift. 
I just send individual gifts to all children at Christmas, whereas she just sent us a Christmas hamper. As to phone slash video calling, there's a seven hour time difference with her kids school and nap times and our working day it's incredibly difficult to coordinate a time to talk. For what it's worth, I've lived in this country for nearly nine years and she's never visited me once. She can certainly afford it, probably more than I can, but let's not get into that. <laughs> I've been to her own house twice in this time. And we've met up at my parents two to three times as well. I've paid for all of this travel myself, with the exception of our upcoming flight, which my parents made a contribution towards since I've recently been through a bout of unemployment. Given this investment and in getting to know her children, I really think she could give me a pass what say you? Well, firstly, I just want to congratulate you on keeping such an excellent tally. Oh, of, fabulous. I mean, that is, I mean, that is just a wonderful uh, example of family dynamics. Wonderful. Uh, and know. I like how she asked a question, but she's been very persuasive with her argument. She only wants one answer. Yeah. She only wants to hear us go, well, you're in the right. Yeah, I mean, I, for years, with my two nieces and my nephew, would try and buy their affections with... <laughs> Very lavish gifts, right? At Christmas, mm. and uh, like I would say, one of those kids doesn't really care for me, and 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 the other two, are, you know, on 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 the positive side of indifferent. Okay. You know? <laughs> whereas, 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 my brother, they just adore him, really, oh. and it's because he's spent more time with them. So it's time, not money. Yeah, yeah, I really think that. Um, but Jacqueline was the one that left. Mm. So I do feel slightly onus is on her to visit. Like they're, mm. they're all, you're all Canadian. You're the one that came to England. Did they all have to come and see you? Well, no, I don't know why. I'm, I'm just talking aloud. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I, I think you're wrong. Okay. Um, I think I'm probably wrong too. I mean, I, I think here's what you need to do. And I think Sarah's done this with her family at some point. She said, can we just not do gifts? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've just cards, a lovely card. Yeah, I think cards are fine. I mean, they're not a very card type of family. Oh, okay. But um, I, th- I, th- I think, you know, you've really put in the hard yards when it comes to doing the visiting, Mm-mm. and they haven't. That's true. And I just think sort of what you don't want to end up doing is overcompensating for not being able to spend time with those kids mm. with with gifts, right? You want to find ways of engaging with them and having some kind of relationship with this is almost like serious this is more serious advice than I'm accustomed to giving on this uh, this podcast but I, th- I think it's much more about the quality of the relationship you build with those kids mm-hmm. than it is about um oh god she she just sent uh some lego so i need to send something bigger than lego that right. the, that tit for tat nonsense yeah i mean you need to rise above it your sister sounds like a very materialistic <laughs> person just trying to buy buy affection <laughs> i think you're saying everything that jacqueline wants to hear yeah but i do i do believe it um and i think okay she did move away so you've got to take that into account as you say but i think the ratio is off so i think for every three trips to canada you make mm. that maybe your family should make one she's got three here. children though i mean bringing three children it's very expensive England, yeah. very expensive Difficult. yeah 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 but I mean, there's there's a ratio to be thrashed out. Is my point? Mm, mm, mm. It shouldn't just be one sided. Okay. Yeah. Because you built, you know, you built a life here. Yeah. It's your life. You want to share your life with your family. Yeah. Yeah. And what? It, it, it sounds like she's swimming in money. This sister of yours. <laughs> Do like, you think that Jacqueline was making excuses when it came to this whole 
video calling, phone calling business? Oh, the time difference. Because, you know, you, you deal with this, don't you, with your yeah. in-laws? No, I mean, I, I, this is where I part company with Jacqueline. Because That's what I suspected. I yeah. think, if anything, it's easier for you to get in front of wishing them happy birthday because you're up before they are. Right. So you're basically waiting for them to wake up. Mm-hmm. So you need to you need to sort that out. Okay. Otherwise, you'd slightly lose the moral high ground. So just keep just try and do the phone calls, and then it, yeah. everything's fine. But you need to have a no gift situation. Okay. You also need to say it hurts my feelings that you are not interested in coming and seeing the life I've built for mm. myself over these years in the UK. You'd actually recommend someone actually saying that. Yeah, I mean, I'd never do it myself. <laughs> of course not. No, just I'd checking. Just <laughs> simmering resentment yeah exactly that's more your style right let's go to the next one Mm. this is from James he says my story starts in a trendy bar in Tunbridge Wells last night Friday the 1st of June yes it's someone's leaving day so we're sitting on a rooftop terrace where at 39 I'm the eldest with everyone else in their 20s apart from the old over the 30 everything's going well until the group's cards start being declined panic sets into these millennials as they realise the only way they've ever paid for anything visa contactless is down and nobody can pay apart from me because I have a MasterCard this is where the trouble starts James uh, if you give me your bank details I can send you some cash and you'll pay for my drink is that okay before I have a moment to run through the repercussions my bank details are being passed around like sweets at a kid's birthday party (laughs) not only that but I think my gin infused cocktail is £8 but I'll give you £10 suddenly I'm up about £20 from various overpayments then to make matters worse the table next to us clicks onto what is happening and asks to join in sure I hear my mouth say while my mind is in meltdown after about an hour or so we're told Visa is working again and the flow of cash stops and we return to our evening I leave shortly afterwards, and as I type this, I'm £55 up on the evening. Now, the rational side of my mind says, James, you got free drinks and you're providing a service, so you charge a tax. It's what the government would do. (laughs) But then the realist side of my mind is saying, you are nothing more than a sheriff of Nottingham figure ripping people off. (laughs) My question is, what should I do with the extra money sat in the bank? Enjoy it, save it until we're next out and buy a round, or buy some office cakes and explain why. I must also point out that why not go to a cash point was not an option as the nearest one is one of those £5 per transactions ones. So if the cash point can do it, why can't I? I await your response before I spend the cash. So I think like if you wanted to make everybody like you, you'd say next time you're out, oh, um, you all overpaid me a bit last time, it's £55 in the kitty and you would look like a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, same sort of goes in a different way for the buying of the cakes. Yeah, yeah. The trouble is, like, the, so the thing that makes me slightly hesitant in recommending that is that it involves like having to have another social interaction. <laughs> so the question here becomes: Do you enjoy socialising with your colleagues? Yeah, yeah. If you do, then buying around is a good idea. Yeah. Is there anything terrible about keeping quiet and just keeping the money? Well. I don't think there is in a way, but it eats away at him. So if you are the sort of person that eats away at, you don't want something eating away at you, really, do you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, What would you do? I think he's answered himself, I think, and bring some cakes into work. But £55 of cakes is actually quite a lot. Mm, So you'd look like a legend. (laughs) You would look look like a legend. They would talk about the time 
that, that, that absolute ledge yeah, James yeah, turned yeah. up with the biggest platter of cakes you've ever seen. Well, there's the answer. He gets to be a legend. Yeah. Or you could get it. I mean, cakes is a very common workplace food. Mm. But I mean, is there some even more legendary food you could bring in? Oh, what would you suggest? An exotic fruit platter. That's not legendary. Some mango seed. I'm sorry. If someone brings in fruit. When someone brings in cakes, you're a legend for the cakes and you're not for the, the fruit. You're not. Okay. Pizza. Getting everyone pizza. That's, mm. that's nice. Goes a long way, actually. £55 for pizza, doesn't it? <laughs> it's a lot of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as you can't buy one without getting another yeah. one free in most places. But, but I mean, the tr- trouble is, like, your legendary status. Mm. Uh, then people are going to want to socialise with you more. They want to get want to interact with you more. I mean, you've just got to bear in mind what you were unleashing but I think it's good because he could become legendary and then he would appear aloof. So he'd be both a legendary and aloof. <laughs> and what's better? <laughs> so there we go. We've answered it. Uh, so if you have a, uh, a situation you find or have found yourself in where you need to know what the rules are, um, then we would love to help you out. I think we did an okay job with James there. I'm not a uh, hundred Who was the one in? Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Sorry, Jacqueline. I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'd, I'd we were at our best hmm. on that one. Hmm. But, um, you know, I, as I said before, I'm just so impressed that you've got a little tally of resentment. Yes, I very much enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, email us with your situation. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. that was our podcast thank you for listening and you can show your appreciation by supporting the show on patreon go to patreon.com stroke adrift just a little bit of money every month helps keep the bailiffs from the door thanks to man and the echo for the backing music and to emily harrison for the incidental music during the incident and thanks for the advice this week to the wonderful helen monks i love helen she crops up in all manner of stuff on the telly so you must look out for her. you must also follow her on twitter and if you are at the edinburgh fringe festival this year uh, helen's theater company lung are taking a show up it's called trojan horse vince lynch and simon wilcox are our announcers and made our eye dents patrick gunning and iwana babu provided technical support carla gowler took photos and kim rainey made our artwork Our email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Contact us through that if you want to share your story of excruciating failures, it's human interaction, or if you have a question, if you need to know uh, your behaviour in any situation, in Quandary Corner at the GLAP Clinic, in Problematic, in Rules School. I also wondered if we could call it the policy unit, but let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, Yeah, hello at adriftpodcast.com. And finally, thanks to the street cleaners of Mile End in London for for clearing up the aftermath. Adrift. Adrift. On to the podications. First one comes from Chris Bill, who says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. Please, can I request a podication for my wife, Laura Bill, for her birthday on the 5th of June? Your radio show is part of our evening routine, Laura Cook the Tea. 
I ate it. And we've been listening to the podcast from the beginning. We do try and get other people to listen to the podcast. The unlucky funeral story really helps with that. Oh, good. We should pay, pay them royalties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to show our appreciation for the podcast, we have finally got around to pledging on Patreon. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yes. Annabelle, please can I ask that you give Laura a title instead of myself as part of a birthday present? Oh. Would you like to choose one? You've not chosen one yet. Yeah. Uh, Dowager. I don't think we've got a dowager yet. Well, there you go. Okay, let me write this down. Dowager. Great. I'm really amazed at that. Just, I think I was reading Gina's story with dowager in it earlier on, and that's why it so quickly sprung to mind. Do 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 you need to level with people about Patreon titles? I would like to tell you all that um, my mum's coming up tomorrow to do some uh, taking Rudy out, so I'm gonna I'm gonna power through it. So uh, you should you should get your title this week, is what I'm trying to say. And I apologise if there's been a large delay, a long delay. I am using this podication request to let Laura know this dowager Laura. That's who you are. Great. Is a dowager sort of technically a widow of some kind, though? No idea. Okay. Uh, Laura really enjoyed your book as well. So if you could come up with something between now and December that I could get her as a Christmas present, (laughs) that would be a big help. Okay, I'll get to work, yeah. (laughs) And this comes from Fiona, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. This is... Sorry, I'm stifling a burp. Sorry, Fiona, that's so disrespectful. Um... Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. This is my first time contacting the show, Stroke Podcast, despite being an avid follower of yours from the absolute days. Thank you. Mm. I religiously listen to Adrift every Wednesday on my walk to work and have subscribed to Patreon, although I am yet to discover my title. There you go. You'll be another one that gets it this week then. I'd like to request a publication for my fantastically brilliant boyfriend. I, th- I think this is probably Sad or Sad. Okay. It's S-A-A-D. Sad. Sad. I don't know how to say no. that. Uh, to celebrate his birthday on the 10th of June. Sorry, so, so we, we, I feel we've covered all bases there with pronunciation. Mm, I hope so. But sorry, we didn't just automatically know it. Sa'id, sad, sad. Sa'ad. 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 That's yeah, going to be That's nice, Sa'ad. Yeah. Sa'ad. Maybe we could just, as your nickname, we could call you Sa. Yeah. I bet, Sa. I bet that's what Fiona says. Yeah. Sa. Sa. Can you just bring some washing powder up? <laughs> Up where? Why is the washing machine upstairs? <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> he is simply the best guy. This is 10th of June, his birthday, by the way. Sad. Sad. Mm. Uh, he's simply the best get day, best guy, and I adore spending time with him. I feel incredibly lucky to have found someone who is as much of a bumbling fool as I am, though he sometimes feels less good about himself on occasion, as we all do. I hope one day he will see how great he is and how much I love him. What a wonderful thing, Sad, to see yourself through Fiona's eyes. There's a reason she's with you. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, he's uh, He's currently only an occasional listener of the podcast, I'm not sure about that. Ah, uh, gone off him. Yeah. Uh, with me mostly. Though I know he's a classic drifter at heart and would relate to all the stories, stroke topics discussed on the podcast. He'll see the wonder and glory for himself one day. I know it. Perhaps hearing birthday wishes via a podication will be enough for him to finally subscribe to the podcast and admit to being a drifter. We both live in Edinburgh currently, although I'll be shortly moving to Dundee, one and a half hours drive away to do post-grad in primary teaching. It will be difficult to be apart from Sad for the year, but I know I have his love and support throughout, and he'll be with me in mind, if not in body. I'm going to be in Edinburgh for um, most of August. Oh, maybe you can meet up. 
I'm doing some shows Ooh. on the first weekend, uh, which I think is the fourth and fifth. Your uh, your your love rival for my affection, Ed. Not the Millerband. Yeah. <laughs> and I are doing a, a show at the Pleasance Grand. Oh, lovely! And it would be wonderful if you came along, Fiona. And maybe sad, depending on whether he's warm to the podcast. Mm. Uh, and that goes for anybody else who'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. We were talking about doing an adrift, but then we didn't, you know, doing a couple mm. of recordings up there, but it didn't quite happen for us, mm. largely because we didn't do anything about it. And these things yeah. need some kind of arranging. Mm. And we just sort of very loosely talked about it. Yeah, it's a bit tricky. But there's always next year, right? Exactly. In the meantime, if people want to come and see me and Ed, they can do that. And if people want a really great show to go and see, oh. this is me sort of working on behalf of the family business. Yeah, here. yeah. My wife, Sarah, is doing her debut hour at Edinburgh this year. Sarah Barron, Sarah with no H, Barron with double R, like Baron Trump. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and um, uh, she uh, she's she's going to be on at the Tron with a show called For Worse, and I've seen a preview of it, and it is excellent. And can I just say that if you're not in Edinburgh, but say for example you're in London or the southeast, Sarah is doing a lot of previews at the moment, mm. and the way these things tend to go is there's there aren't very many people there, so it'd be great if some of our adrift listeners went to see some of her previews just to get an audience in. Yeah. And this isn't her, you know, it's not entirely a reflection on her. It happens to the best of people. Mm-hmm. It's just how it is pre-Edinburgh for a lot of people. The comedians are doing these previews in little rooms above pubs and places all the time. And I think uh, it would mean the world, Sarah, if, if you went along and saw one of her previews. So if you follow her on Twitter, you'll find out when they are. So I was really shilling for my wife there, yeah, wasn't I? Yeah, But I mean, we think of it like a family business. Yeah, yeah, yeah So, you know. It's a bit embarrassing, I know. That wasn't it, embarrassing. No, it is a bit embarrassing, isn't it, to have a guy on a podcast saying, oh, please go and see my wife's comedy. <laughs> it is. It's no, a bit sad. It's, it's a bit sad. No. Yeah. She'll be annoyed at me. Oh, will she? Because she'll think I, I look pathetic and by association she will look pathetic. Oh, God. But okay. anyway. Um, but Fiona, yeah. Point being, go see Sarah's show in Edinburgh. But, go, you know, if you want, come see me and Ed as well. And then maybe we can chat in the Pleasance Courtyard afterwards. Lovely. Love the Pleasance Courtyard. I take it you won't be coming to Edinburgh. Um, got no plans to. Oh, no. I'd love it. You'd, you'd have a nice time. I would. It's just difficult with Rudy, isn't no, it? No, he's not really of that age yet. No. Why don't you get uh, Emily and Jesus to look after him for a couple of days? Oh, keep my table nice. <laughs> um, so, all right. Uh, Fiona, Fiona now adds in um, a paragraph, which is in italics, which is complimentary, um, which we would normally just cross out and read for ourselves, but not read out on the podcast. Mm. However, there's a reason I'm going to read this out, and I hope it makes sense that I do. So uh, Fiona adds, um, without knowing it, you two have played such a role in my life. So even now I'm trying to take out overly complimentary <laughs> words, but um, let me see if I can do this without sort of, Put in, put, ba- basically, Fiona's had uh, a, a rough time of it. Um, she lost a sister a few years ago when Fiona's 23, her sister was 25. And she writes some really lovely words about listening to the podcast and how that was a, a you know, a distraction or, or whatever. And as I say, we wouldn't usually read that out, but I thought, Phil, if we didn't read it out, it would be in some way disrespectful yeah. to you for writing such a, a lovely thing about what, what I can only imagine is just just the most rotten, horrific experience. So thank you for that. It's very moving. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that 
you know, thing, things are in an okay place for you at the moment. I mean, I know you never really get over something like this. See, this is, this is my trouble. I don't, I, I don't know how to react really oh, it's, no. I mean nobody does I mean I just sit here like silently looking at you like look faint horror in my eyes as you sort of swim around it yeah I don't <laughs> yeah. know if swim or you yeah. know but anyway um, so it's it's very touching that you wrote those words yeah. so thank you for that Fiona um, P.S. Annabelle I recently started reading your book oh. I'd never laughed aloud whilst reading before. That's the greatest compliment. Isn't it? You should put that on your um, listener reviews. I will. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, Fiona, sorry um, I was terribly inarticulate just talking about that paragraph. I don't know if maybe the best thing to do wouldn't have been to acknowledge it and maybe, you know, you would know that we read it, but it would feel not weird not to in a way. I've ended up looking like an uncomfortable person, which is never what I intended on this podcast. (laughs) So, uh, so there you go. It's... uh, Podicated to Sad and uh, and also to the Dowager, Laura Bill. Mm. And if you would like a podication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 